Welcome to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Are you looking to master the art of real estate sales? Do you want to level up your business and lifestyle? You are in the right place. Aaron and his guests share winning real estate sales strategies and techniques and show you how to win the inner game that leads to financial freedom. Get ready. Here is your host, top producing real estate agent and coach to some of the top agents in the U.S. and internationally, Aaron Novello. Welcome back, Novello Nation, to another episode of the Aaron Novello Podcast. We have with us an up-and-coming rock star. He is in my marketplace. We've been in kind of communication for an extended period of time uh, from a distance, sometimes via social. He's popped on some of the live streams, and I'm seeing some of the stuff he's doing, and I really wanted to bring him to the podcast to share with you guys. Uh, He services kind of the Broward County area. He was the number four agent out of 3,800 at a company called United Realty. For the gringos out there, he goes by Brian Murillo. Uh, For those who have some flavor to him, it's Brian Marillo. Uh, And I really appreciate you taking the time to be with me today, brother. There you go. Thank you. That was a good try. Brian Murillo. Murillo. Yeah, there you go. Murillo. Okay, cool. So so I still got work to do. So um, (laughs) I always like to bring people to the platform that I believe can add value. And I Think that you fit that criteria. That's why we invited you today. And what I think is very interesting is that you've built, you know, a pretty meaningful business, 50 plus deals a year, and you've done it almost primarily with one particular niche. And it's a niche that I think a lot of people hear about, a lot of people try to get into, and honestly, they're usually not successful at it. So um, if you could just kind of briefly share uh, before we get into the niche, like your experience in getting into real estate, why you picked that vehicle, and then what were your sources prior to getting involved with working with investors? Awesome. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for the opportunity to having me here. It was crazy when you invited me that I started looking at the previous episodes, all the great people that you had in your podcast. So the fact that I'm here is just just an honor. So uh, how did I get into real estate? It was by chance, actually. So I was born in New York, um, and but I grew up in the Dominican Republic. Um, my family, my whole family is from there. My parents at one point decided they wanted to live in the U.S. They moved. They I was born there. But then for some reason, don't ask me why, they decided to move back. So I was raised in the Dominican Republic. I went to school over there. Um, but being a U.S. citizen, there was always the possibility to come here. Um, by chance, I met my wife, my wife over there. Um, we spent four years in a long distance relationship while I finished school over there. Um, and then, yeah, after that, I, I moved here with her. We got engaged. Um, and then I just needed to start something new here. My background, um, always been in sales and in the corporate level. Like literally my first job was at a shoe store selling shoes. Uh, my very last job over there in the Dominican Republic was, um, selling um, it, um, imports and export services for companies. So it was always in sales. That was always um, what, I, what I was used to. So when I moved here um, with my, at that point, um, um, fiance, so we were like literally just having a you know, casual conversation. And she mentioned to me, well, we're here. We came, we, we, we always been very organized in those finances. So um, she had a job. With her job, she could sustain the household. household um, and we were in a good position. Like, I didn't need to work. The reality, you know, but, you know, I need to do something. I'm here, I'm new. 
I need to start something. So she said, why don't you use this opportunity that, you know, I can sustain the house and just start, let's start something, a business or something. So we were going back and forth and ideas until we got to real estate. Her stepdad um, uh, is a part-time realtor, real estate agent. Her mom is in the mortgage industry. So I was like, yes, let's just give it a try. Got my license. And since 2015, I've been doing this. Um, I've been here. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So it's interesting because uh, there's some parallels. Uh, you know, my wife initially right out of college was like my sponsor as well, and that we lived off her income. So I really didn't, you know, there was a, a lot less stress there. I, th- I know a lot of people get into the business and they're the sole breadwinner. So it makes it very stressful to kind of produce. So I guess I'm wondering, so at the beginning of your career, I don't know if you immediately started to work with investors or if you had different sources and then Talk to us about like what, what that was like at the beginning and then how you happened to, was it happenstance that you bumped into these investors? You did a deal with them and then you formulated a relationship or were you very intentional about kind of seeking them out? So the working with investors, is, it was also a chance as well. Um, I started working like any other realtors, traditional you know buyers, traditional sellers, anybody wanting to buy a house, anybody wanting to sell a house. Um, and I tried, you know, different lead generation sources, cold calling, fizzballs, inspire leads, a little bit of everything. I just wanted to put my hands in everything and try it all and find my niche until I got to open houses. I really liked the face-to-face interaction. So in 2019 um, or at the end of 2018, I set a goal of doing 72 open houses for the year, only on the weekends because you know that that's where most people um, the most you get the most traffic. So at the very beginning of the career, I didn't know, I didn't have any listings, but I wanted to do open houses. So obviously uh, you need houses to be able to do it. So um, Stephen Greenish, you, you probably know Stephen, he gave me the idea of why don't you just ask for borrow listings from all the agents? So I was like, okay, let me just do that. Literally, I just start like calling all the realtors. I literally went on the MLS I just look for, since I had all this database, all these houses, why don't I pick the houses that I want, you know? So I I got the beautiful ones. First of all, I needed vacant houses, um, you know, remodel houses, those the, those are the good looking ones. So I start calling the listing agents, um, ask to, you know, borrow the houses to do open houses with the idea of, look, it's a win-win, free marketing for you. And obviously give me the opportunity to get some leads. So obviously you get a couple of no's, people know I hold my open houses. No, I, I don't for secure reasons, so many things. So literally just went into it until I got to connect with um, a specific investor. Um, at that point, he was, he was the listing agent, but he was also the investor that bought the properties and flipped the properties. So uh, he was being more an investor. He wasn't interested of, you know, the the regular buy leads or listing leads that you could get out of the open house. So he wasn't doing it himself, but obviously being a donor of the property, he wanted to sell those. So um, we connected. Uh, he gave me the opportunity to do an open house in one. He liked our work. We built a relationship. He got to a point that he got more focused on getting more properties. And every time that he got a new flip, a new rehab, he called me directly to hold open houses for him. Because again, he saw the value into it. I'm not interested and it's free marketing for me. It's an opportunity to get more exposure. So I did a lot of open houses for, for him. 
until he got to a point that he was very he they were get very uh, they were getting very busy with um you know the investment side of it and he wanted to um leverage himself and get himself out of the picture as a listing agent um and that's why he called me and he said hey why don't you start listing my properties and you know so i can just get more and um from that point forward i've been working with then and it's been it's been great yeah that's awesome so it's interesting that that was so it's like there's this kind of chain of events one is you figured all right well let me do um these opens and that's just a mechanism for exposure you were doing a lot of those that's how you bumped into this investor and then once you bumped into him it sounds like he was at his because every my experience is that every human has a life cycle every business has a life cycle and every industry has a life cycle and where he was in his life cycle of business is he was still kind of doing it all. He was wearing every hat, right? Yep. He's he's finding yep. the properties, he's securing lending, and then he was putting them on the market and holding open houses. And he reached a point where he recognized like, oh, my highest valued activity is not doing this. I could have somebody else do this and it makes sense for me to pay for that. So that way yep. I can focus more of my time you know, on finding deals and procuring uh, offers and things of that nature. So that's awesome. And then he came to you and was like, Hey, why don't you just, you know, list all of our properties exclusively? Is that right? Exactly. So we built a good relationship. Mind you, we, we had a relationship where I did all these open houses and every time that he contacted me, I was available. I made myself available because it was an opportunity for me. You know what I mean? Like, and it got to a point that I brought the buyer for one of the properties that I was holding on. So we got to get to that uh to work together he got to see how i you know interacted throughout the process the transactions how i handle myself so when that opportunity came up um you know it, it just made more made sense because not only the opportunity that i saw it was not only the amount of listings he could you know they could give me but also the leverage that i could get out of that i could do the way that i saw it is like i'm gonna have not only the listings to get open houses to get leads you know, I'm gonna get paid if I actually sell the house, but I also can put signs on those properties. Back then, he wasn't putting any signs because he wasn't interested in the signs. He was just listing on the MLS, so I can market those properties. And you know how it is. Statistically, you you know that for every good listing, well market, you could get at least one buyer. So that's how how I saw it, and um, yeah, that's how I've been doing it since then. Yeah, it's awesome. And then I guess I'm curious because, um. You know, I'm aware that not everybody would come to that same conclusion and want to be kind of um, like wed uh, to that one. So was there any kind of hesitation on your part when that opportunity presented itself? Were you like, ah, like, I don't know, like, do I, should I really do this? And like, kind of, you know, snuggle up. Just, yeah. I, I, but my hesitation was more like, because again, it wasn't necessarily the business that he was giving me. Obviously, um, they were doing they're doing quantities they're offering volume right so it wasn't it is it, it i'm offering also i had to offer a discount as part of my commission so i run numbers um but more than that my hesitation was like the opportunity uh of leveraging from here you know it's just it sounds too good to be true at the very beginning i used to tell i told my i used to tell my wife like i i, I don't know like this sounds too good to be true like, yes, we had a good relationship. You saw how I work, but how many people, how many clients you you have that they call you, you know, and tell you, like, I want you to lease all my properties. And I knew that you had the volume. Um, so I was I was just, you know, 
in this belief at the, be the beginning, but not because of the numbers necessarily, but also the opportunity that, again, he didn't see himself because he wasn't, he wasn't looking for the buyers. He wasn't looking for the other listings. He was just focused on getting more properties, more rehabs um, to flip and then continue on the investment side of it. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's awesome. But so there was, there, was, there was definitely hesitation for sure. And obviously, I, I, at that point, I was four years in, in, in the company, um, the only company that I knew. I got approached by the broker, obviously, sweeting the deal, telling me, no, don't go, be careful, this and that. So all of that all together, obviously, brings hesitation. So, but um, me and my wife, we sit down, we pray about it. I was like, let's just do it. It's always interesting how, like, when you're about to do something that you think makes sense that um, a lot of people try to convince you that it doesn't. <laughs> yep. And then you have to, like, you know, just kind of go based on, you know, what you feel after a lot of thought and consideration and really thinking about it and triangulating ideas with people that you can believe that don't have, like, an incentive to disincentivize you in some way. Um, yep. I can just tell you what's true and then you just make the decision. So talk to us about, like, the advantages of working with like an investor and solely working with them and being able to, you know, formulate that relationship. Cause I'm aware that there are advantages to that, whether it be access to inventory that you know is coming on. So if you got buyers, you could just plug them in, whether it be, you know, you can count on a certain amount of listings per year, depending on the year and what's going on in the investment world. So what are the advantage of working with investors? So that's a very good question. When I, when I speak to other agents, I like to reference, obviously, when, when he's an actual investor, because there's a lot of people, you know, most, a lot of times, and you probably have that, let's say, hey, Aaron, I'm just looking to buy an investment property. Just because you're looking to buy one investment property doesn't make you an investor. Um, working with the right investor, the way that I look at it, it's like having a buyer with unlimited resources. You know, it's like usually buyers is just a one transaction thing you know recently today i closed on a buyer we spent a couple of months looking for a good couple friend of mine but that's it we closed today i guess they gave the keys i'll probably get invited to the half warming but that that's basically it as far as what i can do having an investor that has the funds that's what they do on you know on a daily basis it's like literally having a buyer with unlimited resources and all i got to do is just find the properties put it in front of them and that's it. I'll get paid. I'll get paid. So it's like having work. It's like having work all day. You know what I mean? You know how hard we, we work to get one buyer, one transaction. And if, if, imagine having, again, the right investors, the right investor or investors that you know their criteria, like you do, like you filter any other buyer, um, which is, that's another very important point. Um, it's like, all you got to do is just find a property. Yeah, that makes so, a lot of sense to me. So um, it's interesting. It's like having, because I'm aware now, particularly with the marketplace, the way it is, people are having to write offers for months and months before they get something accepted. You have this buyer, though, that is exceptionally motivated and they're in the business of buying property. Like they have to buy property because that's how they generate income. Yeah, exactly. And what a lot of people in the industry, a lot of agents um, mistake um, is that Whoever the first person, you know, uncle of a friend tells them, I have a couple hundred thousands in the bank and I want to invest in real estate. And they mistakenly think that that's an investor. Um, an investor, um, which is basically what I do, you don't need you don't need multiple investors. That would be ideal. 
but for and I'll tell you another thing, it depends on the type of investment property. I like that in one, I think it was in Instagram Live, you mentioned, you referenced flippers as traders, you know, because yeah. the reality is that um, that's a very good way to describe it. There, you know, when you flip, you're trading something. An investor is more thinking long term, you know. Um, but once you have that, those investors that have the funds, talking about enough to buy multiple properties, not only one, um, constantly, um, and you get to know their criteria and do the homework on knowing what exactly they're looking for. That's just, you know, that's just magic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anytime that you know, those, there's a lot of investors that they, they could come to you and tell you, yes, I'm invest, you know, invest in real estate. Let me know. Um, if you come across a good deal, I'm like, okay, what's your criteria? Most of them are going to tell you, well, um, I buy whatever, you know, whatever, whatever the numbers works. It's like when they tell you that is the most basic answer. No, that like if, if the number works, I will buy it myself. If you sell me a three, two implantation for $10,000, you know, clean title, I'm going to buy it myself. I know I don't have to bring it to you, but every investor, like any other traditional buyer has their specific criteria. No, do you only buy in Broward? Um, what's your, you know, capacity? your real capacity because just because you have a couple million dollars in the bank doesn't mean that you're going to dump it in one property or um you know HOAs are a problem with you are you okay with open permits in the property are you familiar with dealing with all of that probates yeah. you know what i mean like all the things that we don't want to deal with in the traditional real estate yeah you know yeah do so, you are you okay with condo associations like it's, it's just a and it's interesting because what i'm writing down here is what for those that are listening what you're doing is teaching people how to pre-qualify an investor. So how do you even define it? So just simply because somebody buys property or has a little bit of money, that doesn't make them a professional investor. And the other thing I wrote down here is that professionals are very specific. So I know because we've done some deals together where you bring buyers on our listings and like, there's a corridor where you guys like to play. It's very specific. If something pops up in that corridor, you're going to get a call from Brian because Brian. he knows exactly what his guys want. They want certain criteria, single family residential, west of this street, east of this street, right? Concrete block within this price point. And if that fits the criteria, like he's got a buyer yeah. for that all day long, every day. So this idea is, is that like it's pre-qualification, you know, and I teach people that all the time with whoever you're speaking to, whether it's an investor or expired or for some, whoever it is, being able to ask questions to really decipher people's levels of motivation, their levels of seriousness. And um, if it makes sense for you to physically spend some of your non-refundable precious breaths of life talking to them. And yeah. what I'm aware of is like you, because that's your niche, you're very clear. If somebody calls you, it's like, yeah, like, cause they do that all the time. Like, yeah, you know, if you get a good deal, call me. It's like, nah, bro, like yep. we're good. <laughs> But if it's yeah, very, so. the more specific, because you know how to pre-qualify, it's like, all right, well, if you don't mind me asking, how long you've been doing this for? How many deals do you do per month? How many deals do you do per year? Do you have a line of rolling line of credit? Do you have any partners, right? Do you guys only doing for where you're trying to resale or do you hold, right? Do you only do single family residential or do you, do you play in other playgrounds? Do you have specific geographic areas? So like what Brian is doing right now, he's showing you how to pre-qualify so you don't waste time. Because I think most people waste time with all those other folks. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and for the real investors, when I say real, I mean, I would say more like the consistent ones, the, the ones that do more volume. Once you ask those questions that you just did, 
um, their history, the purchase history, is going to tell you what's their actual criteria. Some of them tell you, I buy anything in South Florida. But when you look at the last 20 houses they bought, it's only in, in Broward, nothing in Miami. There's a million opportunity in Miami and West Palm too. So if you haven't purchased anything, it's because it's, it's not in your criteria. So obviously, it's, again, a great opportunity to show up in those places. Yeah, any investor is going to buy it. So... Yeah, that's awesome. And, and so, sorry, just to, sorry to interrupt. You. So the spread too. Not all investors are looking for the same, you know, type of profit. Some investors are okay with flipping a property and just make ten thousand dollars, and other ones just say, if it's not less than fifty, a hundred, I don't, I don't do it. Yeah, I'm not interested. So, and you're absolutely right. And I think, and I appreciate that. Like that was kind of an interesting insight for you. I read this book called "What I Learned Losing a Million Dollars." And uh, it's about this guy who did lose a million bucks in four months in the 80s. But one of the main things I took from that book is the definition of words. Because he said, I think a, pe- a lot of people get into trouble or they waste time because they're not clear on what words mean. So in this realm, I think people throw around the word invest, but it's not actually accurately applied. So like the word investing, what that means by definition is the number one goal of investing is the preservation of capital is not to lose money. It's not yeah. to make money. It's not to lose money. Yeah. And then the goal is, is I'm going to receive it back, my invested capital over time in the, fence of, in the form of rents, dividends, or royalties. So by definition, it's long-term, right? Yeah. And then yeah. tr- trading, there's a bid and an ask, and we're trying to make the spread. They're speculating, which the Latin derivative of that word is spectare. It means to see. So like the only form of return is if it goes up in value, there's no rents or dividends or royalties. So once you're clear on these words, you can begin to pre-qualify and see who's kind of full of shit and who's not. Yep. 100%. Okay. So, so that's very helpful. I think people will benefit from that. You talked about the advantages. Now talk about if there is any disadvantages to working with investors. Disadvantage to working with at least. So here's the thing, at least um, what I do and the niche that I found it's uh, it's difficult, honestly. Like it's difficult to 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 be able to find disadvantage if I have to think about any. Um, well, I would say if you're if if you're, I would say that the biggest disadvantage is working with investor or investors if you haven't been able to do your job and pre-qualify them. But um, disadvantage, honestly. Yeah, the only other, and I'll help you. So the only other disadvantage that I could potentially see, and I could be wrong, like I'm interested in your feedback, is my experience is is that when agents have a tendency, not you, but just in general, they can be one-dimensional. So by that, what I mean is they find something that works, but they have no other sources outside of that. So we'll see like people who get into um, when it was big, like REO, and they crush it, they murder the game, they destroy it. And then once the REO dries up, they're back to like, you know, calling me about how do I prospect? Like, how do I do, you know what I mean? Because all of their business yep. dries up. So I think one of the only challenges could be is being over-dependent on it, right? But yep. I think yep. one of the things that you've done, I'm not perceiving you that you've done that. Like you still do your own residential resale yep. separate from what you're doing with the investors, yep. correct? Yeah, 100%. So uh, yeah, it's it's good that you mentioned it. So it's, it's true. That's definitely one disadvantage. I could have just like, well, the volume that they give me, you know, I could be fine and just do it. But the reality is that they're just a client and they're just, you know, they happen to be one of my biggest clients. 
but they're just a client. I also do my traditional real estate. I attend to uh, all those traditional listings and I work with buyers as well. I mean, I started as a buyer's agent and I feel that that's, you know, being a buyer's agent and I got to a point that I really like working with buyers. It's what helped me working with investors or this particular investment group because it allowed me to, you know, understand and get in their head on what exactly they're looking for. Um, that's how that's how I saw it as a game when I used to be a buyer for traditional buyers too. It's like I want to be able to understand what exactly you're looking for, and that's why I had my buyer consultation. I try to you know read people, their body language when they talk to each other, the couple to understand what they were looking for because made things a lot easier. So you're 100% right. If you only focus on let's say which there's a lot of agents do, they have a very good investor that. Um, they they have the capacity to buy they're actively looking they buy constantly and they focus on only finding properties for that person what happens if that person goes away or decide to work with somebody else that's not sustainable so i would say so um so that's why if you're going to do the investment route i guess only investment route get yourself multiple investors and not only um, focus on one type of investments like rehabs. It could be multi-units. It could be wholesaling. So there's there's just once I got into this side of real estate, I understood the amount of opportunities that any traditional realtor might be missing. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. So it's like if I am gonna like within the vertical, let's say of investing, not to become over dependent on one investor. Um, and then perhaps have more than one and have that really be your niche where you can help people in multiple different vehicles. So single family residential warehouses, like mobile, like whatever it is, there's just like multiple parts and then go deep in the niche. So what I like to tell people is that the riches are in the niches. So if yeah. I'm going to, if, if that's going to be my niche, like murder that thing, destroy it, do like podcasts around investing where you, you interview all the people on investing, like, you know what I mean? Like really add value, create a community and add value to those people. So you become the go-to for information. I have one client that I coach. He's in our market. His name's David and he's warehouses. I don't know anybody who does warehouses. Yeah, but like yeah. that's his thing. And he's created this whole database. Now he's doing like, and I told him, I'm like, dude, I want you to be the king of warehouses in South Florida. Where, like, if anybody wants to invest in a warehouse, you're the guy. So yeah, I think that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Now, my question to you is, is um, as far as these investors are concerned, are there any kind of demands or anything for those who are interested in perhaps cultivating that source? Is there anything that they should expect that the investors are going to expect from them? Like anything- from the agent. From the so agent. is there anything different than like working with a traditional seller? Like, is there, is there certain things that they should go in and be prepared that the investor is going to ask of them or demand of them or require of them? That's, that's the thing. In the, the investment side of, of real estate is very informal. It's very, very informal. Even the, the big ones, the ones that buy it a lot, they have multiple agents and they are open to talk to anybody. Because again, all they're looking for is for the deal. They don't care who brings the deal. Even as an investor, you know, I haven't I haven't seen the first investor that signed some type of exclusivity with the real estate agent. Because again, it's not about you know using one deal to define it's whatever the key, the deals come from. So I would say that if you're gonna go that route, if you're gonna go to investor, 
and try to build a ve- try to build a very good relationship with that person um, to try to understand what exactly they're looking for. So it's easier for you to bring that to the table. And also by doing that, you know, building that very good relationship, it gets to a point that that person can bring leads to yourself opportunities. It's like, look, uh, the investor, again, they're not interested where the deals come from, but if you have the good relationship, it might be that they, for from some source, they got a, a list of possible clients. They can give it to you and tell you, look, there might be something here, um, you know, try to reach out to those people and try to bring me a deal from there. Things like that can progress and happen just by having that relationship. And in fact, that's kind of the, 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 the deal that I have with this investment group. We help each other in a lot of different ways too, because um, I get, you know, I get them, you know, deals to the table by, they, they do a lot of marketing themselves. They do the traditional mailing. Um, at one point they have billboards in the highway. Um, they do a lot of things. And you know that by, by you know, hitting a lot of doors, you can also bring leads of traditional listings. So they give me, and they also give me those leads to myself. Cause again, we have that, you know, relationship where, you know, I help them on one side, they help me through another one. So that's, that's, I would say that it's, it's the main thing is just build the closer relationship and try to understand the, the, the investor. All right, so criteria. Re- yeah. So I wrote a few things down. Like one is, is, um, recognize that like you're only as good as the opportunities that you bring. So if you're going to work with investors, you got to be committed to bringing them deals on a regular basis. Not like I brought you one, but I want you to list all my property. I want to be able to list all your properties. Like, no, no, I got to be bringing them deals all the time and you have to have a source for doing so. The second thing is to remain neutral, you know, not have like this, like to get like mad or sour if they're talking to other agents, like you have to be okay with that, that they probably are. And it's not like you're not getting married. It's not like this exclusivity, right? And then yeah. my other question to you is, is do you do anything? Because you, you're stressing the relationship piece. Have you done anything other than just bring them deals to cultivate the relationship? Like on a personal level, like do you guys like, you know, hang out? Like, you know, stuff to really kind of solidify that relationship that you have. Yeah. I and mean, it's like I said, uh, at least for myself, I can only talk from my experience, which it's um, with this investment group. Um, they're two, the owners are two young guys, literally my age. Um, so throughout the years, we have built also a good friendship. Um, it's like I work under their umbrella, even though I have my own business as well. And I deal with my own clients as well. Um, and again, we feed each other with, um, deals in different, different ways. So yes, if you could get, you know, a personal relationship, why not? Um, that definitely, definitely helps. In my particular case, um, following the discussion that we were doing about niche, um, what I found is coming from the traditional real estate of buyers and sellers, I build a lot of relationship with all the agents. And I, 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 I myself understand that a lot of realtors, they don't understand how all these off-market work, because that's another thing too. All of these rehabs, wholesaling, um, which is millions and millions of dollars happens off market. You know what I mean? Like at, at realtors, we usually like focus on the MLS and whatever is, you know, live there. But uh, all of these exchange of properties, wholesaling, which is a lot of money, a lot of opportunities off market. 
So if you don't get in those conversations, you never know what happens. So once I, I like got to see the best of both worlds, I got to connect um, both. And literally I've been connecting agents and reaching out to agents. It's like, lose, use my resources. I know my investors. They're a big investment group here in South Florida. I know their criteria. Just send me the properties, send me addresses, send me numbers. And I'm able to filter those for them. And I can let you know if I can, you know, get you a cash, a cash offer. Let's say you get a listing. Um, I, I'm also help you to, I mean, you know, I help you to, I, I can help you and coach you on how to find those deals. What exactly my investors are looking for. So whenever, you know, you see that, in, you know, out there meeting with regular clients, just send them my way. It might be a solution. Let's say somebody that is about, you know, is financially struggling. Uh, we can, we can get you a cash offer. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a solution. Um, not all the, not all, not all cases are going to be an opportunity, but you also want to have those resources. It's that's like, right. what do you think? How do you think that those big teams out there, those signs that says we offer, you know, a, 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 we guarantee an offer. How do you think that happens? Is because back in then they have somebody that is willing to offer cash. Obviously, not all the times it's going to be exactly what the seller is looking for, but um, they're going to get an offer. Yep. Yeah. It's like uh, having your own iBuyer, essentially, that's going to offer cash. And yeah, it'll be less than fair market value. But some people, you know, like five to 10% of the time, they'll say yes. If they don't, yep. then you then you have a lead or whatever. And I can attest that I've received texts from Brian uh, asking about opportunities because, you know, we, he, we list lots of property in the market and we have done some deals together. So what he's saying is is absolutely accurate and true. So I guess I'm wondering, like, is there anything else that you would propose or suggest that's important for those agents out there who may be thinking about having the investor niche to be their niche? Um, it's just, you gotta have, I, I, you know what I like the first time that I met you, 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 every, in every intera interaction, you use the word awareness where I'm aware of, and you still do. Yeah. I don't know where you got it from, but you use the word a lot. And I feel that a lot of people in our industry lack awareness. And you got to be able to, you know, you got to be aware of who is an investor and who is not. That's the first thing, filter. You don't know the amount of agents that come to me. I have this person that they want to buy a property. They've never done it in the past. Just because they have some savings in the bank, they think that they are able to, you know, they're calling themselves investors. You got to be aware of what you have so you don't waste time. And I can, you know, um, and I coach agents about that a lot because like any other buyers, you want to filter them um, to make sure that you're working and investing the right times in the, you know, in the right people. So that's the very first thing. Um, build yourself a criteria um, for each one of the investors and learn of it. Like it took me, it wasn't until a couple of years into real estate that I, that I actually got to understand what a wholesale was. There's a lot of traditional agents that they still don't understand what's wholesaling, you know, what's what's the process of it, how it works, you know. So it's like understanding that it, it helps. Go and attend seminars. Um, there's a lot of we're used to as realtors to go to those um, conference conference and, and meetings with other realtors. Um, go to those. In, there's of market investors meetings out there that meet in the same place, in the same spots, you know, in the same happy hours that we traditional, you know, real estate agents meet to. 
So attend to those so you can pick up their brains too. So you can meet other people. So, so yeah, I would say, I would say that. That's awesome. Well. brother. So I wrote awareness, um, you know, being very, very clear on what criteria of the type of investor you want to work with and asking questions around that. So that way you save time. And then the other thing I wrote down is just like to study the investment kind of section of real estate because it's very difficult to guide or to be able to filter or tell if something's a good deal or not, if you haven't actually studied it. And the only other thing I would add to that is like, you actually have done it. So it's like, yeah. I always think it's interesting where people want to work in the realm of investor, like real estate. I'm like, well, do you own any property? And they're like, no. Yeah, exactly. And I'm That's like, the very ah. first question. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, kind of, it's difficult. Like, how can I be a guide if I'm not, you know, actually doing it and taking risks and doing things myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes people, some realtors get too specific and they're investors that they're not, they don't care. Sometimes, you know, we learn the traditional way of calculating the ROI or what's the cap rate on a rentals. They're investors that they don't care about those numbers. You ask me what type of criteria they look for, what numbers they look for. I don't know. But if they're paying to pay the fee, it's not your job to tell them no. Like if they yeah. really want the property, if they're seeing something that you're not seeing, you're not you're not the one to stop them. Yeah. And I always find it so interesting because like in our profession, you only need to get a 70 on a test and have a thousand bucks and not be a felon. Yeah. <laughs> and then somehow everybody thinks like, oh, like I know everything about real estate. Once I get my license, like, eh, I don't know if that's true. Yeah. So listen, brother, this has been fun. So if people wanted to find you, if they have any questions for you about this, um, about kind of the investment side of real estate, where could they find you? How could they connect with you? Um, social media, Brian Murillo or Brian Murillo. It's good, you know. Either one's fine. He, he can flow <laughs> with either one. Yeah, right. So um, brianmurillo.com is my website. You can find my full information there. Um, I'm a open book. And even more because of that, because I tell people, you know, it's a win-win. Um, I put my investors, my investment group as, as a resource as to the traditional agent. I don't mind sitting a one-one to, and this is, I know that your podcast is probably viewed by a lot of people, but in South Florida market, and a one-on-one, I can give you their criteria. Um, and whenever you come across that, just come to that um, seller as a solution. Hey, I know that you're looking for this much. Um, you're not too far for this cash offer. Is that a benefit for you or something like that? So yeah. um, that's that's I've been doing that and it's been very helpful. I have all the agents just looking for deals for myself. And it's easier because I know what's a deal and what is not right away. Yeah, because you've been doing this for so long. And he's the real deal. Um, he is, he's kind, he's straightforward. He'll answer all your questions. So what I'm Thank aware you. of is that I have enjoyed <laughs> our time together. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. And uh, I sincerely look forward to uh, connecting in the future. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been an Be honor. great. Yeah, my pleasure. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Aaron Novello podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Happy hunting.